0: We're in, we started a series called Alignment last week, and uh, I'm loving hearing some of the talk. I, I, I heard Ariana, Ariana, say it correctly. Um, I heard her pray on Wednesday night in the youth, and she said, "Lord, bring us into alignment." And I was like, "Yes, she's, she's hearing, she's she's hearing it." And. Uh, This is all based upon these prophetic words that the Lord gave us and downloaded for us at the beginning of the year. These prophetic words are words that are like tracks that we're going to operate in. And this is going to be what we do every year because the Lord wants to speak. And the Bible actually says that I do nothing unless I've communicated it to my prophets ahead of time. And you think, well, okay, well, prophets, man, that's getting crazy. But but Paul says, I wish you all would prophesy. All speak in tongues, even more, that I wish you would all prophesy. So that means there is a prophetic gift that's being released in the body. And one of the things he wants to do is release it in in bodies all across and say, Hey, I want to give you a heads up. What is in a store? And, you know, I've talked about these these prophetic words. I see them as like the letters of the church of the book, book of Revelation, the beginning. And Paul says, Hey, or not Paul, Jesus, through John, says, Hey... You're doing really good, but this one thing you like, you're missing your first love. And that was like some reprimand. And I feel like one of these things, that the part of these prophetic words over our body is actually for us to go, hey, you're doing some really good things. Be strong and courageous, but hey, get ready. There's some alignment, and I want to do something new in you. Get ready for it. Get ready for it. And so we had these four prophetic words be strong and courageous, the year of alignment, new wineskins, new mantles. If you weren't here, you might not know what that word means, but uh, you can go watch it on your own. Place of healing. And I believe that these words actually have an order to them. And the order is I want you to be strong and courageous because you're about to operate or, go, or move into a season of alignment. Be strong and courageous because you're about to move into a season of alignment. But out of that alignment is going to come some new wineskins, some new capacities, some new, new mantles, because when I do that, it's going to create a place of healing. And how does it create a place of healing? Well, if the common phrase is hurt people hurt people, then I believe that heal people heal people. You walk in that healing. So... We started talking about the word alignment last week. Alignment simply means when things are in order or in correct position. When things are out of alignment, they're out of order, they're not correct position. And so I began to offer this, something the Lord just kind of showed me, is the word of alignment isn't about balance. It's about order. It's about order. Think about it. Balance speaks to everything having equal value in our life. Well, we don't see that in scripture that balances that everything should have equal value in our life. If we really operated that way, we'd be, we'd be a mess. I gotta keep this, I gotta keep, uh, this thing needs my attention, that thing's no. The Bible actually talks about order. You see, we kind of we kind of begin to think that happiness, and we at least this is what I was feeling as I was thinking about it, happiness. Tends to be, to be when we can get all things in balance and all the things kind of running on, you know, the plates are all spinning. Hey, it's, the marriage is okay. The kids are doing okay in school. Job's doing okay. My car's still working today. You know, spiritual life, I'm hanging in there. And when we feel like all those things are kind of running smoothly, it's like, okay, that's balance. All right. How many know that that rarely is the case? That all of those things seem to always be working. In fact, that's like this eu- this, this euphoria, you know, like utopian society. Really, when we can get all those things running, because really the reality is something happens and breaks down in, in our finances, and we get in arguments at home because you spent this and I spent this, and ah, uh, and now you're dealing with something, or one of the kids is sick. And, uh, or, or maybe they're dealing with math or maybe they have a learning problem and you're trying to work through this. And it's like, oh, this thing, I thought everything was working right. Or maybe another employee at work is just giving you headaches. That doesn't happen to anybody, right? <laughs> and I come home just exhausted because all I'm dealing with is the relational issue here. And it's like, I just, I can't seem to think about anything else. And your wife is tired of hearing you talk about it. been there (laughs) or maybe maybe I'm just not connecting with God or my life feels like a hamster wheel it's like I'm just going through the motions but I feel like there's something missing in my life and that's when things begin to get out of balance and we feel like they're out of alignment but the truth is like I already said they rarely ever all those things are happening in balance in perfect harmony at one time usually we're putting out a fire somewhere in our life So the real understanding of alignment is about order. It's about order. Matthew 6, 28, famous passage. Why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field, how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. Yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for the wildflowers that are here today and thrown in the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? Don't worry about these things saying what will we eat, what will we drink, what will we wear. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows your needs. And here we go. Seek the kingdom of God above all else. Live righteously and He will give you everything you need. Don't worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. I mean... We really don't even have any right to think about tomorrow. <laughs> That's what Jesus is saying. Stop worrying about it. How do you know what's going to happen? We don't. But we seek first the kingdom of God, and everything else will be added. So Jesus is saying here look, here's the order me first. Here's the order, the kingdom of God, the top priority. Everything else will fall into place. Now, does that mean we don't have problems? Of course, come on. We're we're not crazy here. We all have issues. But there's something that happens when we get in alignment. And, And then Jesus tells us actually what, when we say he's supposed to be first, Jesus tells us at what level of intensity that's supposed to be. And I read this scripture to you last week. If you want to be my disciple, you must by comparison hate everyone else. That's, I'm sorry, that's a hard word. Everybody kind of goes, yeah, yeah, I hate everybody else. <laughs> your father and your mother, your wife and your children, your brothers and sisters. Yes, even your own life. Otherwise, do you hear this? You cannot be my disciple. And if you don't carry your own cross and follow me, you cannot be my disciple. But don't begin until you count the cost. That's how much Jesus wants to be first in our lives. That our lives, our love for him is so strong when we compare it to our love for everything else. It's like hate. Obviously, he's not saying hate. That's not what he's saying because obviously we're called to love everybody, especially those uh, that he's put in our our care. But have you ever had a car out of alignment in here? Anybody ever have a car out of alignment? Who's got their car out of alignment right now? (laughs) Yes, yes. All right. So... Five signs that your car is out of alignment. All right. So who who knew that you were gonna get a little mechanic? Do we got any mechanics in the house in here? Yeah. I saw I should have put the meme up. There was a guy, they had a meme that says, I just finished your alignment, and it was a guy who was (laughs) cross-eyed. I just finished your alignment, you know. It's like five signs your car is out of alignment. Number one, steering wheel vibration. When you get a little bit, when you get going too fast. Now, I'm gonna bring some spiritual implications to these, because I'm a preacher and that's what I do, right? I gotta bring some spiritual. So, I don't know how I'm gonna do this, but I'm I'm gonna show you the spiritual implication of your car being out of alignment, right? You ready? So, I had a Mazda Protege, 1994, my second car. I was about 20, I did not have the money to go get the car aligned. It's like, just deal with it, right? And about 55 miles an hour, I would begin doing this. <laughs> oh, I've got to fall that off. <laughs> Fifty-five miles an hour. I'd begin doing that. It's kind of like you ever, you know, if you got a lawnmower, especially a lawnmower where the blade's a little bit out of out of balance, and it's like. You know, and after about an hour, you get done with mowing the lawn. It's like your whole body's just like tingling. You know, even that was that, that was my Mazda Protege. You know, at, at fifty-five miles an hour, I learned I just didn't go above a certain speed. I don't have any money. I can't. I'm, the alignment's overrated. You know, alignment's <laughs> overrated. And here's the thing. This is what happens in our lives when we're out of alignment. We're trying to go full speed. We try to start heading out, and all of a sudden, everything begins to shake. And we're like, I'm just trying to go full speed. And then all of a sudden, a marriage starts having problems. And we're like, oh, my goodness, what's going on? Or, or man, you're, you're just going at it full speed. And, and look what happened. Look what happened to your health, you know, because, because you're just worn out. Or you're trying to go full speed. And... Kids start having problems. So, so Sarah and I had a season like that about eight years ago. We first moved to Tucson, Arizona. We, I was um, pastor of a worship, I was a worship pastor at a church, a large church, and so I got there, and I had this vision. Now m- mind you, I had never left home before. <laughs> I was 35. I, mean, I, I wasn't living at home, but I was with my dad at 35. We, I was married, but uh, I had never left I had never left. Cedar Hill in my entire life, been at the same church my whole life. Sarah, been around parents and stuff like that since we had kids. And so I get there and I've got this vision. You know what we're going to do? We are going to take the worship ministry by, you know, we're going to take the worship world by storm. We're going to write albums. I'm going to write music and, and we're going to produce all this music. And, and I'm going to build the best worship team. And, and, and I wasn't really in alignment with the Lord on that. But so meanwhile, things at home were... Not going well. Sarah was having gallbladder issues, and we were out of sync. I wasn't home. I wasn't taking care of her. I wasn't seeing the, the what was going on. And we were getting pretty bad. Sarah will probably tell you how bad it is. You know, the dad, the the, the, the husband is like, uh, are we bad? Yeah, yeah, I'm in a nervous breakdown. <laughs> Maybe we should go do something about it, you know. Gosh, we're so clueless. And so we're in bad shape. We're, we're, we're in bad shape. Everything started shaking because I was trying to go and I was out of alignment and I couldn't go full speed where I wanted to go because everything else was out of alignment. We'll talk about that as we go. How do we, how do we get in alignment with our family, with our children, with our, our, our calling, our, our finances? How do we get in alignment first with our whole heart? We're going to talk about that a little bit today. But So what happened was it was so bad that Sarah had to go to Pastor Zane. You guys all met Pastor Zane. He was my pastor at the time and said, it's getting bad. And they had to set us down and I did not like it. I was like, I, we, we'd been there how long? I don't know. Was it even that? And I mean, I was like, oh, was, you know, you feel embarrassed. Like, oh my goodness, you know, we're supposed to have it all together. But the point is, we weren't way out of line when it all started we were just a little bit out of line. And then over time, it's like, what in the world happened? You're like, what happened? Well, started off small. We got a little out of alignment. And, and the reality was, Jesus wasn't first. I really was putting my career first, my name, my influence. Ministry had become an idol. How's that even possible? Well, it happens. Anything can become an idol. And so I had to get in correct alignment and... Honestly, it was out of that moment that I could say that that's why we're here today and healthy. Out of that moment. I had to take a break, get back in alignment with what was going on at home, and God, God brought healing there. Number two, steering wheel gets a little bit off center. I, I was just on a trip. So we've got a Ford Explorer, and I, you know it's, it's pretty, pretty new, but I guess we hit a pothole or something, and it was a little off. So I went on this eight-hour trip. For a camp that we're at, and, and, and my thumb, it was, just, it, it was just a little bit off, just like that, and all I 'm doing is st- you know sitting there just for eight hours with my thumb, trying to keep this thing. I mean, I was having thumb cramps the whole time, <laughs> all because a little bit out of alignment, and I was having thumb cramps, right? We start pulling off to the side, and we don 't realize. It. so when you 're out of alignment, you keep going, why do I keep going over there? Why do I keep heading that direction?" Man, I, I don't want to say the things that I keep saying. Why do I keep doing that? Why do I keep wanting to talk to them? Why do I keep looking at things like that? Why, why do I keep responding ways like, I shouldn't be angry, but something is happening in my heart and every time, and I don't want to go that, but I just keep going offline just a little bit. You're out of alignment. Number three: loose steering. Okay, the steering wheel, it's like you turn, it's like one of those things that turn, and then it turns afterwards. So it's like, it's, you know, it's just loosey-goosey, right? And so it's an undefined steering wheel. And so when, what I've noticed is when people get out of alignment, there's a lot of things that feel hazy and undefined in their world. It's like, I can't seem to, I can't seem to hear the Lord. I can't seem to make sense of what I'm called to do. It's like everything just feels undefined. Everything feels squishy in my life. And, I, and I, want, I want some real direction It's part of being out of alignment. Number four, squealing tires. When you're out of alignment, you start, you start having a lot of squealing tires in your own life. That comes in the form of complaining. Nothing's good enough. Nothing is. Nothing seems to be working. Nothing satisfies my longing. I'm, I just. I don't know. I just. Nothing is good enough. I thought maybe that vacation would, would fix some stuff, but it didn't. It didn't fix it. I thought maybe that car or that new house would would bring the fire back in my heart, and it didn't. And you and you're kind of like going. I don't know. Something seems to be missing in my life, and I don't know what it is. And number five, we get abnormally quick tire wear, right? When you are out of alignment, you're going to notice things just seem hard all the time. Why does everything have to be so difficult? I feel like I'm exhausted all the time. I'm always worn out about things. I'm always in crisis. I can't get ahead. So we're going to talk today. This is going to be a long series, so don't feel like I'm giving you a bunch of answers today. We are just literally going to take this one thing after another because Literally, there's just, there's just so much to talk about. And I feel like the Lord's called me not to just brush over this, but to actually get in a little bit more detail. So Colossians 1.9 says, So we have not stopped praying for you since we first heard about you. This is Paul the Apostle talking to the Colossian church. And that's my prayer to you, and I've been praying for you. I have not stopped praying for you since I first heard about you. All right? So I, we ask God to give you complete knowledge of His will and to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding Okay, so when you get complete knowledge of his will, spiritual understanding and knowledge and wisdom, then the way you live will always honor and please the Lord. Your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. All the while, you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. So we ask God for knowledge of his will for us. This is one of the first steps. We put, we put Christ at the center and then the next thing is, Lord, because you're at the center, I got to know what you're... What's your will for me? I need to know spiritual wisdom and understanding. If we're going to get in alignment, we kind of need to know what alignment looks like. Amen. What does it even look like? So, this series we're going to be talking about little things like um, how how do we get in alignment with our own hearts, with our minds, soul, our emotions. We're going to talk about how we get in alignment with our families, our children, our marriages. How do we get in alignment with our calling? How do we get in alignment as a church? How do we get in alignment with with our resources? All these things. We're going to be spending time. So the result of being in alignment, the Bible tells us right here, is we live in a way that honors God and pleases God. I want to live in a way that honors God, right? I hope you do too. I want to live in a way because something just happens when we're living in a way that pleases the Lord. It's like everything just works. Number two, the result of alignment is we bear fruit. All right. What is the fruit? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And then the third thing we get as we get in alignment is we begin to know God better and better. And this really I believe points to to revelation and strategies from heaven of how to impact your world, how to impact your schools, how to impact uh, uh, your businesses and in your family and here's the thing that I want to just show you real quick all right when I'm on my Mazda protege okay I'm going like this and I'm I'm just I'm not thinking about man I wonder if I should head to Florida for a vacation this would be really fun I, I'm ready for a road trip I'm not thinking about a road trip I'm thinking about get off this road as quick as possible but when I'm in alignment, what do we normally do on a road trip? Well, we sit there and we got our knee on the thing and we're, we're, just, we're just enjoying life and we're thinking about stuff. Man, what we should do. The same thing in our world with Jesus when we're in alignment, we're not thinking a lot about, man, Lord, I wonder what you're saying about the future. Man, I wonder what you're going to be doing. Lord, what do you want to do over here? You know what we're doing in alignment? I'm in crisis mode. Veer off. Get off the, off the highway quickly. I don't want to deal with it. I'm going too fast. Amen? You know what I'm talking about? We don't have time to think about the strategies and the revelations of heaven of heaven when we're in alignment. We're thinking about just just survive this car ride. And one of the things I notice is we've got to start with our own heart. We've got to start at the source because if we don't start at the source. It's kind of like headed to the to the mechanic and saying, yeah, uh, you know, your car is way out of, out of alignment. and You keep changing tires and you talk to them, the mechanics, you, you, know, you know, can you put some more tires on there? And the mechanic's like, yeah, I can. But, you, you know, it really save you some money. Uh, to put the to get the alignment, you know, fixed on there he goes ah. Now nah, I'll be fine. Just put some more of that eight hundred dollars tires on. That'd be good. <laughs> I, I promise you, if you just get the alignment, ah, I'd be fine. I'll just keep changing the tire. That's what we do. We go to instead of going to the source of our heart of what how, what's going on, we deal with all the exterior things that are happening, and we try to fix it. I mean, even sometimes. Don't get me wrong. Marriage counseling is great, but sometimes the problem is me. And we're trying to work out something between us. And the real issue is I'm not, able, I'm not willing to budge. I'm not willing to move. I've got something in my own heart that needs to be healed. Get that first and then we can fix each other. And so it starts with our hearts. All right, Psalm 139, 23. I want us to, can we put this verse up here? I want us to say this all together as a church. Let's read it together. Search me, O God. Know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. That's going to be our prayer today. It's going to be our prayer today. We need to ask the question, what's out of order in me? What's out of alignment in me? And Jesus tells us something. He tells us the most important commandment, the most important part of his will, right? So the Bible's God's revealed word. His revealed will. And He tells us what is the most important thing that we're supposed to know. Anybody know what it is? Yes. Jesus replied, the most important commandment is this. Listen, O Israel, the Lord our God is one and only. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. And the second is equally important, love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. And the reason love the neighbor as yourself is because you really can't love your neighbor as yourself until you learn to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And so this is the most important commandment. But what I want us to do is I want us to spend a little bit of time understanding how do we do this. Let's take this from a big picture of like, oh, yeah, I'm going to love the Lord. I mean, that's kind of... Kind of vague, like, well, of course, I love the Lord with all my heart. Let's get into the details of this, and we're, I just want to spend a time in our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Now, First Thessalonians tells us something really important about how we are made up. First Thessalonians says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are a triune being, spirit, soul, and body. Just like we're made in God's image, God is a triune being, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We are made up of spirit, soul, and body. Our spirit is how we connect to God, right? Our spirit is, when our, before salvation, our spirit man is literally disconnected from God. We cannot see the kingdom of God, the Bible tells us, and the whole, through the power of the Holy Spirit, when we come to salvation, our spirit man, which we all have, actually becomes alive again. We are birthed into the kingdom of God. We now have communion with God the Father, and this is all done by the power of Jesus and His blood and His death and resurrection. Through that moment, we now get reconnected to God. Our soul is made up our mind, will, and our emotions. Our thoughts, our will, of who, this is what I'm, what I'm going to do, and our emotions. Our body, well, our body is, is, is how, all we are that connects us to the earth. It's what our soul and our spirit, man, is what encompasses that. And you might ask, well, what about the heart? Well, the heart was really, this is something I knew I didn't understand until I began to read about it. The heart is really the center of all our inner man. It's the center of all our inner man. And how do we know that? It actually makes up, when we say the heart, we're actually talking about the soul and the spirit. How do we know that? Because when we look here in Scripture, Ephesians 3.17, so that, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Well, Christ is a spirit, and it requires a spirit. So this is talking about the heart as a spirit. Christ may dwell in your spirit, man. But then we know Jeremiah 17, 9 says, The heart is deceitful above all things. Desperately sick, who can understand it? So here we hear two things. So really, when we hear about the heart, we're actually talking about the heart makes up the soul and the spirit. It's the whole immaterial inner part of the man. Okay? Make sense? So this verse means... Something really important to us. It's the call to love God with literally everything we are. Every fiber of our being is called to love God. Our heart, our soul, our spirit, our mind, our will, our emotions, our body, our strength. Literally, that is the call to love God with every single fiber of our being. Let me, let me explain it this way, in, in how, how do we do that a little bit. So I met Sarah 18, 19 years ago, and uh, I saw her at a, a youth event in, at Trinity Church, the church where we were both a part of. And I was like one of those cartoons with the eyes It was like, brruh, brruh, brruh. You know, I was sitting there going, "Oh my goodness, who's this girl, who's this girl? Who's this girl?" And, and, and so we were at a youth lock-in. And you know what happens at youth lock-ins? Nothing. You find a marriage partner, right? That's it. We're a good youth ministry here. Nothing bad happens. I don't know. I was waiting for that one. So I was at youth lock-in. And, you know, I just get nervous. We went bowling. And, of course, I got assigned to her lane. And... uh and then we went ice skating and, you know, I would, I would you know, ice skate and my, I'd come by and, and accidentally brush up against her arm and my knees would give out, you know, butterflies all over the place. It was love at first sight. Well, then after that, we started dating. You know, when you date, your life just changes, right? Your, your, your wallet changes. Uh who I talked to changed. Uh, you know, I spent time on the phone. I don't know how many nights on the phone. Hours, you know. you know. You talk about nothing. What are you doing? I don't know. What are you doing? I don't know. Just sitting here. It's like, you hang up. No, you hang up. No, you hang up. No, no, you hang up. How about we just sit here with it both on and we'll just, we'll just go to sleep, you know. All the crazy stuff. But my whole world changed, right? You know, she lived at Baylor. I was in Dallas. And so I was taking trips to Baylor all the time to go visit her. And then, and then what happened was we got engaged. We got engaged. And the way I got engaged is she had a couple roommates. And I called her roommates. And I said, hey, what time is she going to be at home? And so I, I drove to Waco. And I don't remember what time it is. You probably know what time it was. What time did you get home in the afternoons? Seven. So I said, hey, I'm going to get there a little early. And I set up her room, rose petals, and had the music going on, candlelight, dinner. I mean, and um, so she comes in the door. So her room was upstairs. She comes in the front door, and I hear her, and I kind of was peeking around. I go, honey, I'm home. And, you know, I don't live there, obviously. And she's like, what? What are you doing up here? And I so she walked in and I kneeled down and said, will you marry me? And our life was totally different after that, right? Now we're like, we're spending the rest of our lives together. We got married on an amazing day, finally together, started having kids. And I, and I, hate, to, I hate to say this, but you know when we pass by each other in the kitchen when I'm getting orange juice, I usually, my legs don't give out as much as they used to but our love grew and has grown deeper and deeper and deeper we've been through some stuff we've been through some hard times we've been through the fire we've been through the sickness we've been through, and our love is in a totally different way and it looks different but we've it, it looks different but it's deeper way deeper and every minute of my day revolves around her and the family we've created. We all do, right? Pretty much every day. When you, I go to work, it's to, it's to provide for them. When I, you know, what are we doing for breakfast? What are we doing for lunch? What are we going, doing for dinner? Usually the answer is eating out. And uh, I'm just kidding. I would prefer that. Not, not having anything to do with her cooking. Okay, nothing, nothing to do with that. Don't go there. Okay, I get I Move on. Um, my life revolves around them. What are we going to do for the day? What are, we, what are we thinking? What are the kids? And usually it's her telling me what the schedule is for the day because I don't usually know. It's like, just tell me what I'm supposed to do and where I'm supposed to be. And, you know, and we start talking about our dreams and our goals and the visions that we have and what's God saying to us. And here's the thing I'm trying to tell you. Jesus says, it goes way much further with me. Jesus saying, that love you have right here, I supersede that. Your world, Jeff, needs to be wrapped up in everything that I do. What am I about? What do I care about? And just enthralled with me. Your world revolves around what my heart thinks about. And really what happens, and this is one of the hardest things to hear, guys, is in the, in the alignment, in the order, what happens is it's Jesus first and then Sarah. <laughs> Jesus first and then my kids. And you're like, what? How could you ask that, God? Because God says, I know Sarah and I love Sarah, Jeff, more than you do. I love your kids more than you do. And I know how to love them. And if you will get in alignment, you'll find out by the love of Christ that's in you, you will find out how to love them the way I love them. Because he knows when we're right in alignment, we know how to love like he loves. In fact, he actually loves my family more than I love them. And I don't even know how that's possible, but he does. And that's the call he's asking us to do. The way I take my family and my whole world is wrapped around them every minute of the day. He's saying, that's how you love me. That's how you're called to love me. Every minute of the day, you're thinking about me. I don't know how that's possible, but I'm saying yes, Lord. And I want to ask you a question. And I want to ask you an honest one. Where on a scale of one to ten, where would you rate... Your love and your passion for Jesus in your own life. Think about that for a second. Because I had to ask myself the same question Lord, where do I rate you? How strong is the fire burning in me? Because if it's not burning at a 10, and something else in me is burning at a 10, if something else in me is at a 10, and I've got you at a 7, I'm in trouble. I'm out of alignment, I'm out of order. So how do we love Jesus with our whole heart, our mind, and strength? And I'm not going to be able to get to this today, so I'm probably going to end early. We'll push it to next week. But let me, just add, let me finish up some few things. And I'm going to have uh, Caroline, if you'll jump up here, whoever's wants to come up. In Galatians, the, Paul, Paul, the Apostle Paul tells us about a battle going on in the Spirit between our spirit and our flesh. And our soul, which is our mind, our will, and emotions, is being influenced by one of the two things. Our, our mind, will, and emotions is being influenced by our, either the spirit or the flesh. And our body is actually the gateway to get to our soul, through the five senses. So what we listen to, what we, what we say, what we watch, what we sense... All those things are the gateways into our soul, and they influence whether we come into alignment with, with the spirit or we come in alignment with the soul. And when we get into alignment with the spirit, we're in good shape. When we get out of alignment, in, in, in alignment with, the, with the, the flesh, I should say, we're in bad shape. And so, so Paul says it this way, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives, then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are fighting each other so that you are not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you are not not under the obligation of the law of Moses. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outburst of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living this sort of life will not enter the kingdom of God. But then he goes on to say, but the fruits of the Spirit, What? when you're in alignment with the Spirit, you produce the Spirit, the the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So the question is, how are you coming into, what what are you coming in alignment with? The spirit or the flesh or somewhere in between? And how you answer that determines how much you love Jesus. So we're going to ask the question over the next couple weeks. And can you guys give me five, seven more minutes? You okay? Okay. Everybody's like, I don't want to stay there. If I tell him yes, he's going to. It's going to take 10. <laughs> so we have to ask the question, how do we come in an alignment in order in our, our, with our mind, will, and emotions? How do we do that? Because practically, we need to be able to do that. We can have the desire to do God's will because desire is like appetite. I can desire all day long to get in shape, but the will says, I'm doing it. I'm going to do something about it. It's actually the strength and the fortitude to actually accomplish the desire. And this is more than willpower, which we're about to read. You have to set up some structures in your life to keep you in alignment with the Spirit. Paul says this in Romans. I love how the Passion puts this. This is I'm a mystery to myself. Isn't that a great way of saying that? For I want to do what's right, but I end up doing what my moral instincts condemn. Next one. Verse 19. For I know... That nothing good lives within the flesh of my fallen humanity. The longings to do what is right are within me, but listen to this. But willpower is not enough to accomplish it. My lofty desires do what is good and are dashed when I do the things I want to avoid. What an agonizing situation I'm in, he says. So who has the power to rescue this miserable man from the unwelcome intruder of sin and death? I give all my thanks to God for His mighty power has finally provided a way through our Lord Jesus Christ, the Anointed One. So listen to this. So if left to myself, I love this word, the flesh is aligned with the law of sin. Left to myself, this is what happens. But now, now listen to this, my renewed mind is fixed and submitted to God's righteous principles let me say that again left to myself the flesh is aligned with the sinful nature but thanks be to God the renewed mind is fixed on and submitted to God's righteous principles so I just want to give you three quick and three quick things here I'll run through them very very quickly three ways to line your will and submit your will to his will and uh, These are not really that deep. (laughs) They're simple. Number one, we renew our mind daily with God's word. Duh, Jeff. That's it? Yeah. Romans 12, 2 says, don't copy the behavior and the customs of the world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. How do you get transformed into a new person? How do you get in the right alignment? By changing how you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you. There's God's will. So now you know God's will for you when you transform your mind by transforming the way you think, which is good and pleasing and purpose. How? Let me ask you this. How can you be submitted to God's will if you don't know what it is? So we have to renew our mind with the word of God. His word is just more is more than principles, it's literally God speaking by his spirit to you, his revealed will for your life. How often do we take the time to to listen and to read? Hebrews 4 says, For the word of God is alive and powerful. It's sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword cutting between the soul and the spirit. Between joint and marrow, it exposes the innermost thoughts and desires. The more you read God's word, the more you conform and align to his will. You can't help it because it's alive and it's powerful. It exposes the, deep, the, the desires and the innermost thoughts of our lives. And, and the more you read it, you come into alignment with his word and with his will and for your life. It just, it just It's just how it works. And I just want to say, I've begun a new Bible reading plan that I've really enjoyed. Uh, I'm not a big fan of a uh, one-year Bible. Nothing wrong with it. It's just, it, it, it stresses me out. <laughs> I'm always feeling like I'm behind, and oh my goodness, and i got to catch up and read. And then instead of really reading to read, I'm like, just get through it, skim through it. i got to get caught up, right? I found this new reading plan. There's about 1,100-something um, chapters in the Bible. If you take three chapters a day you will get through the Bible in about a year. And I usually don't, I, most of the time, I don't get through in a year. I, I just take my time. Sometimes I'll get stuck on one verse and go, man, I just got to spend time and meditate on that. But I'm telling you, systematic reading of God's word, it is, you're going to have to make a decision. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to get in God's word. I know this, man, this sounds so simple. I know it's so simple, but you just got to do it. The second thing is going to even be more Mind-blowing. We fix our eyes daily on him by spending time with him. You want to get in God's will. 1 Corinthians 2 says, No one can know a person's thoughts except the person's own spirit, and no one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirit. And we have received God's spirit, not the world's spirit, so we can know the wonderful things God has freely given us. Spending time with Jesus, you actually get to know him. What a novel concept. When you just spend time with the Lord, you come into, he begins to speak to you. He he begins to speak to you by dreams, by visions, by prophetic words. He'll highlight something in his word. He'll speak by peace. All these things happen when you begin to spend time. So I'm just going to give you just something really simple. Spend time daily in God's word and in prayer, and you will get back in alignment. Whoa. That went over my head. <laughs> you know, when I was a young man, I remember um, a moment in my life where I was dealing, as a lot of young men do, with with something specific. You can, you can put the, you can fill in the blanks. And I was like, God, I can't get free, and I kept going down to the altar and over, and over. Every time there was an, every time there was an altar call, I was down at the altar. Lord, please forgive me. I'm sorry. I just keep messing up, you know. And I go down there, and I know these these. You know, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. I know the altar workers was like, here comes that boy again. And then the kid needs to get some freedom in his life. And I remember so clearly one Sunday morning, I heard the Lord say, you're not going to get what you want down there. I was like, what do you mean, Lord? He says, you're going to get it in the quiet place because you're not doing it. You're, you're going down there to get a zap. You're going down there for somebody to lay hands on you. But the real power that I'm trying to give you is you're going to get it in your quiet place when you get on your knees and you begin to seek me, read my word and seek my heart. And you know what? It took me a while, but I finally said, I'm going to do it. And you know what I did when I, when I did it? I got free quickly. I'm going to say a bold statement here. I don't believe that there's anything you can't walk through Anything you can't get free of, anything that you can't see it happen in your life when you read God's word and you, and you spend time in prayer on a daily basis. I'm just telling you, I can't tell you how many people that I talk to are going through crisis and I ask, do you read God's word? No. Do you spend time in prayer? No. Well, what do you expect? You're out of alignment. I, I, I know this sounds so simple. I feel funny even saying it. But that's how simple it is. And the last one I... I I won't take the time to say it, but just we take time every day to take up our cross and s- choose to submit our will to his will. It's a hard thing. You know, um, Jesus, this one, I'll end with this. Jesus in Luke said this. He was accompanied by the disciples. Jesus left the upstairs room and went as usual to the Mount of Olives. There he told them, pray that you will not give in to temptation. He walked away about a stone's throw, knelt down and prayed, Father, if you're willing, please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Now, I, I want you to think about something about Jesus real quick. This is the son of God. This is God on the earth. The Bible says he was slain from the foundations of the earth, meaning before the world was even created, it was already designed and planned that he was going to give his life on the cross. He had prophetic words thousands or hundreds of years before he, before he came to be. He knew ahead of time that he was going to be, would suffer and die. And yet he's there saying, Father, this is tough. This is tough. God, is there any other way? Take this cup for me. And he said, but nevertheless, my will, not my will, but your will be done. Jesus had to wrestle in his earthly body to come into alignment with the Father's will because he knew how tough it was going to be. How much more on a daily basis do we have to wrestle in our own heart to say, God, not my will, but your will be done. And this is hard for me. I don't want to go through this. But Lord, I'm listening. I'm listening. And, And as I was praying for you, I heard the Lord say, some of you have, made, have trusted God with Jesus as your Savior, but you have not trusted Him as your Lord. This is a Lordship issue. This is coming into alignment with Him by submitting your will to His will. And I heard the Lord say, some of you are not willing to submit your entire life because you don't trust Him that He's good. I want that thing, but what if I pray and ask and He says no, so I won't ask. Maybe He'll ask me to do some, go somewhere I don't want to go. Maybe He's going to call me to Africa. I, I, I don't know. Maybe you're like, I know how to raise my kids. I, I we need this. He's got to have this this uh, uh, scholarship with this with this sports thing or this academics. What if the Lord actually saying, I don't even want them to go to college. I want them to be called a missionary and head out. Would you be okay with that? So many times what happens is we don't even seek the Lord because we're like, I don't really know if I want to know the answer or because we don't think he's good, that maybe he's withholding something from us. And if he's withholding something good for me, then then maybe I should withhold something from him. You think, man, maybe he's putting, I need to keep my distance from the Lord, the big man upstairs, because I don't want to get too close because... You know, he's hurt people in the past. And this is what the enemy's doing. Maybe he's taking sickness and he's putting it on me. And, he's, and that's, that's him. He's disciplined me. And I don't even deserve. And see, the, all this stuff, the enemy. And this goes all the way back to the garden when, when Satan was there with Eve. And he says, did God really say you couldn't have that? You know, he's holding out on you. He's holding out good things on you. And the Lord is just calling you today. And let's, let's, let's go ahead and stand up. The Lord's calling you today to say, trust me not just with your salvation, but trust me with the Lordship of every area of your life. Every area. And I just want to pray this prayer and we'll we'll dismiss. Lord, I just pray for every heart in this place who's, who's saying, you know what? I did that little test in my head, one to ten, where's my love for Jesus? And it was pretty low. And I want to make a decision in my will that I want to grow in my love for Jesus. Is there anybody just be brave enough to just raise their hand and say, that's me. I want to grow in my love for Jesus. It's pretty, it's pretty low right now. It's or 50%. But Lord, I want to grow in my love for Jesus. Yeah. So can we just pray this prayer together? Oh, we just, just, let's pray together as a group. Say, Lord Jesus. I want to love you with my whole heart soul mind and strength I choose today to love you with every fiber of my being I choose to give you my full will and submit to your will Jesus name amen Amen. Amen.